0: This is the Budget-Minded Traveler Podcast, episode 25.
1: Welcome to the Budget-Minded Traveler Podcast, your source for the tips and tactics that will inspire and equip you to travel the world. And the best part? It won't break your bank. And now, the Budget-Minded Traveler herself and your host, Jackie LaLainen.
0: Hey everybody. Welcome to the Budget Minded Traveler podcast. This is episode 25. Thanks for tuning in today. Today, I actually have a, um, a fellow podcaster to interview. His name is Taylor White, and he's actually the host of the Overseas Property Insider podcast, which is a seriously top-ranked podcast in iTunes about all things accommodations and real estate overseas. And um, his website is internationalrealestatelistings.com. And I have invited him to come on the show because he is what he refers to as a perpetual traveler, someone who's just sort of on the road. He left the U.S. when he was 27 and moved to Panama City, Panama. And has been on a quest to get dual citizenship, and this conversation today is kind of like one of those where you just sit down with a friend over coffee, and it just kind of goes and goes and goes. And I loved it because we touched on so many, so many aspects of travel, including why he's you know on a quest for dual citizenship. Um, we get into budgeting, priorities, taking control of your finances, living a minimalistic life, you know, lifestyle design, lots of other things that just have to do with being a true wanderluster at heart. And while he's an expert in international real estate, you know, overseas properties and such, he's also just an expert in travel and and the lifestyle design that he's built around that. And so he really just has a lot of good things to say about all these different topics. So let's go ahead and get into this interview with Taylor White. All right, Taylor White, how are you doing today?
1: Jackie, I'm doing awesome.
0: Good to hear. And uh, where are you in the world?
1: I'm in the Dominican Republic in a little beach town called Las Terrenas.
0: Las Terrenas. And I, so I understood that you're living in Panama. So what are you doing in the Dominican? I have to ask.
1: Well, I should state that I've been living on and off in Panama for a long, long time. And it's really a hub for me. I don't have Legal residence, so to speak. So I'm kind of a PT. So every so often I have to leave anyways. But over the course of the last few years, part of my overseas strategy was I wanted a just in case plan. The United States is awesome, but I wanted to have a just in case plan. So for me, that included seeking legal residency in a country, which would hopefully lead to a second citizenship and passport. I've tried it in Panama. I've tried it in the country of Uruguay, in between Argentina and Brazil. And oh now goodness. I'm in the process of doing it in the Dominican Republic.
0: Oh, my gosh. You're literally like a citizen of the world.
1: <laughs> well, you know, it's one of those things where um, – being a perpetual traveler, a PT, past taxpayer, however you want to put it, is awesome. And I love that strategy. And now going seeking the legal route for years and years and years and thousands and thousands of dollars, I would have retrospect probably stayed a PT, but um, I wanted to have a legal residency someplace as a just in case or someplace just so I could stay there for a longer period of time.
0: Yeah. And when you say PT, you're referring to well,
1: you know, that's the perpetual traveler, the perpetual pass, traveler. Okay. taxpayer, the fancy words that everybody always likes to use for PT, which, by the way, started probably, well, obviously people have been traveling since there's been people, and it hasn't been such a big deal since we've had passports and citizenships and these kinds of things. But it was, it was something that was actually started 50, 60, 70 years ago by some elders of the overseas scene, guys like Harry Schultz. Um, Guys like the fictitious Grandpa or Doctor W. G. Hill, and it was like the three flags. It was like you have you're born in one country, you might have a playground like a legal residency in another country, and then if you have a business, it might be like set up in a third country. But that's kind of this Hmm. five flags, six flags thing started.
0: (laughs) Wow, this was that was a super like in depth answer to my first question about where are you. I love (laughs) it. I apologize, Jack. No, no, not it. All. Actually, it makes me curious though, where are you from? Like what's your background and how did you get into travel really? Like what, what's your previous travel experiences?
1: Absolutely. I was born and raised in sunny San Diego from an awesome, hardworking, entrepreneurial father and a great mother. I went to school, I went to high school, and Jackie, I was in college for one year of college, doing well. But I said, this isn't for me. Mm. I want to get out and I want to make some money and I want to do it on my own. So I bounced around a little bit. I was a partner in a pizza place. I sold used cars. Jackie, I'm sure you can't even imagine, (laughs) but I sold used cars. (laughs) But I also cleaned... There's nothing wrong with that. No, there's nothing wrong with that. But I also cleaned pools of some pretty famous and wealthy people in San Diego. You were a I was,
0: pool boy. Ooh. I was a
1: pool boy. I was a pool boy before it was fashionable and cool <laughs> to be a pool boy, right? And I said to myself, self, I don't want to be cleaning pools of people with awesome houses. I want to get involved in real estate. So I'll fast uh-huh. forward that real estate okay. story. But the real estate story led to the travel because when I had a little bit of money, I wanted to travel and I wanted to get that travel bug. And I went to, you know, Thailand, Jackie, and the Philippines and Argentina and all these amazing countries. So for me, I combined the real estate and the travel. But now it's just kind of secondhand nature. I just have gotten used to this travel thing.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I can relate to that. It's addicting. It's something that once you really start it, you, I mean, you're not the same. You change. And so you just kind of keep going with it.
1: It's so true. You know, Some people like things, which is perfect, and some people like experiences. And I'm one of those people that I'm fine if I have a backpack. It can be a nice backpack, but a backpack, maybe a carry-on or a suitcase or two, maybe at the maximum, and then I have the freedom to come and choose where I want to at any given time if I have a little bit of income coming in to, of course, support that lifestyle.
0: Right, which is the kicker.
1: Which is the kicker, right? Because everybody always says, oh, go to Thailand, go to Nepal, go to India. It's so cheap. That can or maybe not be true depending on your own personal lifestyle. But at the end of the day, no matter if it's a dollar a day, you still need to make a dollar or $2 to cover it. So at some point, we need to sit down Mm -hmm. and think, how how can I make a little bit of cash to cover the lifestyle that I want to live?
0: I love the way that you put that because it is so true. I mean, you can either... Save up a whole bunch before you go and then go spend it all. But then you're back to, you know, square one or you can figure out how to make it work along the way, which is what you've been doing
1: and that's true. Of course, there's some you know very basic hacks that people can do. You don't have to get 37 credit cards and try and time your credit <laughs> cards to get airline miles. I mean, some of those basic things like having a couple credit cards, one Visa, one Mastercard with airline miles or um, travel bonuses. Those things help. But as you get along doing some of the things, then you kind of figure out. At first, you think it's going to cost X, but until you start doing it, you don't really know. And then you meet some other travelers and you see what the other travelers are doing and some of the countries that they go to. And maybe not Bangkok, Thailand, because it's more expensive or it's crazy. So maybe I'll go to the interior or Chiang Mai. But you will learn some of these different things as you go along. But that's what makes it fun and exciting. And then once you kind of get going, Jackie, you can kind of decide from there what path you're going to take.
0: So where all have you lived overseas? Or when did this start?
1: Uh, For me, well, traveling overseas started, I think, in 2002. But officially, you know, this official foot in the sand, my hand in concrete, and I put it on a wall and says Taylor was here, was for me, March fifteenth, two 2007, I went to a Real estate conference. Well, I've been to many real estate conferences, but in Panama. And I remember coming back in August of 2005. I had some real estate in San Diego at the time, and I wanted to start a natural transition from San Diego to overseas. Mm -hmm. I had bought a few places in Argentina, in Panama uh, prior to that. But in August of 2005, I said, you know what? I want to do this and I want to get started. So that's for me from August 2005 till March 2007 only because I had real estate and I thought some friends wanted to come with me, but then they didn't want to come with me Mm. because then people start to realize, okay, wait a minute, I'm going to a different country. My friends aren't there. My family's not there. Wait a minute, income, it was cheap and it was really fun when I traveled because it was a vacation or if it was a long extended weekend, but then they're like, wait a minute, how much does it cost to live and what's the quality of lifestyle that I'm really going to have? every single day. So for me, there's been a lot of bumps on the road. There's been a lot of transitions. And of course, that's always going to happen. But for me, the full-time gig was early 2007.
0: Awesome. And it was to Panama. Did you move to Panama then?
1: Yeah, to Panama City. The actual true story was my first love at the time was Bangkok, Thailand. So I was going to do Panama City because I had bought a few apartment, uh, bought a few apartments there pre-construction, and I thought it was going to be easier than it turned out to be to, one, be able to travel and buy and sell real estate, but two, to sell the things that I bought. So really, I was passing through Panama, and then it's ended up being um, quite a long passing through.
0: <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> you know what I mean? Seven years later. <laughs>
1: Seven years later. But that's one of those things that you sometimes, you know, there's a stupid quote I like to say, you sometimes don't know until you know. So you can ask people, you can um, do podcasts and teleconferences and eBooks and emails and newsletters and go to conferences, but those are all everybody else's experiences and you can learn from that and they're going to say amazing things. You can have a trusted circle of contacts and they've gone through their own experiences and you can bounce ideas off of them, but you don't know your own course or your own journey until you start and sometimes yours is different than other people's and you have to kind of learn along the way.
0: I love that and I say that too. I mean, with all of the you know tips and tricks that I throw out there and stories, it's like you know I love telling you guys about all this stuff. But in the end, you need to go and do this for yourself because I can't explain everything to you, and it needs to be seen with your own eyes and experienced with your own self, you know, and and get your own growth out of that and figure out your own path. So I, I definitely. I understand. I love the way that you just put that.
1: I think you said it better, but it's true because that's why I'm the world's worst advice giver because <laughs> I'm single, I'm not married, I don't have any kids. I came from San Diego during a different time than a lot of other people. So the experiences that I was living at that time or not having money or a little money or some of the things that I've wanted to do would be completely different than, say, yourself who might be married or some other people who might have kids Mm -hmm. or they might be – still have a job, but they can live in Buenos Aires and live in Buenos Aires, but still have their job and their clients back in the States. So they're going to go through different things as well. Of course, if you go to Southeast Asia, it's completely different than Central America. If you go to Europe, it's completely different than the States. So it really all depends on a person and their friends and their journey. But that's what makes it so fun, especially when you live overseas, is that you never know what tomorrow is going to bring.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's why you have to make it your own because it's going to be different for, for you than it is for the next person. I yeah.
1: agree. And that's why it's also important if I'm single, surround myself with couples or married friends or with kids because then you get a, a full perspective. Sometimes mm-hmm. if you surround yourself with yes people or people exactly like you, then you don't maybe – push the boundaries like you should, or you shouldn't try new things like you should or or new experiences or new countries or whatever it is. So sometimes it's good to have a balance and surround yourself with yes, like minded people, but also doing a little bit different things.
0: Yeah, I hear you. Give yourself that challenge. So what on your route to I, I love this quest that you have for re- residency in another country. Um, Because I know that in Panama, you can stay for three months and then you have to leave for like 72 hours or something. So have you been just doing that for the last seven years? Essentially, is that why you say you've been using it as a hub? Like what has your path to residency looked like?
1: Well, see, this is one of these things where I was in San Diego and, you know, Jason Bourne and Thomas Crown and Man of Mystery and World Traveler and International Man. I wanted to have some I wanted to have a bank account in another country, I wanted to have legal residency and second citizenship. So for me part of all of this stuff there is a, there is a point and a purpose to all the madness and all the the smiles or the drinks or whatever it might be, but for me it was seeking legal residency in another country which also led to citizenship. Really if you're looking at Lat- now worldwide there's a lot of countries that would work if you're a um a senior citizen or with a pension, it's different. If you have a certain um, level of income, it could be different. So my target was Latin America, and it was more the poor man's uh, legal residency, which led to citizenship. So there's a few countries that have kind of the same ones, and it's Panama, um, Uruguay, as well as the Dominican Republic. And so I've tried it in different ways. Now, if we move to a country, we sometimes forget, well, we're just a Tourist. We could have an apartment there, or a car, or whatever. But we're still just a tourist. So mm-hmm. in Panama, as a for instance, like you're talking about, legally it's three months. Unofficially, it's six months, and for which means that you can stay there for six months. Now it doesn't say that in their uh, constitution, which doesn't. It's always changing. It doesn't really matter. Anyways, but unofficially you can stay in Panama for six months. Now for a period of time, it even went to 30 days. So what does that mean? It means that you have to do visa runs, right? Just like you would like in any other country, right. you do a visa run, whether it was a Columbia or Costa Rica or Nicaragua, wherever you wanted to go. And it's supposed to be 72 hours. And of course you can kind of fidget that. So I wanted to get past that. So that's why I've also tried this Um, legal residency thing because, Jackie, I know this is a long answer, but we're always told by lawyers and um, by article writers and books and stuff, um, what legally it says what it takes for us to get it. But Things are always changing. Laws are always changing. Immigration officials are, almost, are always changing. When there's a new president in a country, they have their own people in, in like immigration. So even if you're following all the correct steps month after month, year after year, and paying all the fees for um, notary and apostilles and all these ridiculous things, mm-hmm. translations of contracts, it doesn't always happen. So that's why I've tried it in Panama, and then things changed, and then it didn't work. And then I've tried it in Uruguay, and it took me several trips down there, and then they lost this document document and the FBI didn't get my fingerprints and Interpol, you know, it was all these things that you just learn as you go. So then I've also started it in the Dominican Republic and I have my legal residency and now I'm in the process to uh, seeking my second citizenship.
0: Will you tell me about that in the Dominican Republic? What did you have to do to do that?
1: Well, I can tell you that it's vastly changed. I started literally five years, four years ago now and it's vastly different but a lot of them the basics are the same it was um, birth certificate and it was uh, driver's license and it was passport and it was getting things translated and like notarized and apple steeled at the time it was i need to have a um, a business or an offshore corporation that said that i made x amount of dollars which i had a cpa letter from that um, corporation that did that and then of course there was trips to the country there was one trip where you provide all these documents. And of course, I had an on the ground um, um, law firm there. Uh, So we did that. And then something around six months or 12 months later, I then went back again, And showed up again and provided more documents and some more money. And then there was a period of time. Then that meant I had my provisional visa. So then a period of time went by. I don't remember specifically a year, year and a half, two years. And this isn't written in stone because you're dealing with a lot of different people and different immigration officials. So Mm -hmm. um, it's always kind of fluid. And then I finally got my permanent visa. But even since I started this process, now there it's vastly, vastly different. So it's kind of hard to say. But for the most part, the core things that you always need is things that everybody can get, whether it's the driver's license and the birth certificate and the passport. And all those basic documents are easy. Of course, you have to come up with all the money to pay. And it would usually probably make sense if you deal with someone, an on-the-ground lawyer who's doing it for other people. So they know the process, of course. Mm -hmm. They know the correct people to deal with in immigration. And then, of course, if you have a lot of money, then there's different countries, St. Kitts and Nevis or some other countries, to where you can get an economic citizenship. Unfortunately, I'm not in that boat. So that's why I went that. That poor man's citizenship
0: route. Mm, okay. How fascinating. So in between all of this, have you managed to enjoy yourself living overseas?
1: <laughs> it's never a dull moment. There's no doubt about that. You know, hindsight is always 20-20. You sometimes doing all the legal things that I've wanted to do, whether it's legal residency or legal citizenship or even simple, what we think are simple things like opening a bank account in a foreign country, especially now as a U.S. citizen. All of these things aren't as simple as walking in and walking out. They take a lot of time, money, energy, um, a lot of trips, a lot of traveling. So my travel for the most part has been more limited than. Um, Based around real estate and the things that I've wanted to do. So, yeah, through the madness, there's no doubt it's fun. There's no doubt that it's all up to me, too, right? So, we all wake up every day and we can either be mad that day or we can be happy that day. We can chart our own course, we can make our own decisions. So, yeah, definitely through that, you know, I've been to a lot of great countries and there's a lot of fun things to do and you meet a lot of great people. I think a lot of it always, we always have stuff that comes up in our lives. And it depends on how we choose to react to those things will determine how we're going to live our life.
0: Mm -hmm. So do you think that the and how does that work with the U.S.? Like, do do they grant dual citizenship? Yes. Okay, so you're fine to go and get your Dominican Republic citizenship and they won't make you renounce anything, right? Exactly
1: right. It's really not that big of a deal when you consider that there's millions and millions of dual citizens um, like from Mexico. They have like the U.S. citizenship, same thing from Canada and mm-hmm. like the U.S. Um, there's a lot of people from the States with the U.S. citizenship that live in other countries or maybe they were born in the U.S., but then they're living in another country with a citizenship. So it's not really that big of a deal. It seems like it's a little bit more of a big deal to people from the States. But, uh, Jackie, I believe that you've been to Europe. Like, you know, everybody in Europe goes from country to country to country to country. People don't even really think twice about it. Mm-hmm. It seems like for some reason there's um, people from the states a little bit more – I think it's because the states is so big. There's so many amazing – there's 50 states, I think, or maybe even 57 <laughs> if we include the, the, the territories. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of great things to do. You can have mountains and beaches. So a lot of times people from the states don't have to go to another country if they don't want to. So when you talk about things like a citizenship or a legal residency or um, real estate overseas or a bank account or a foreign entity, they're like, what's wrong with you? Like why <laughs> – what are you doing that's wrong? Or what are you doing that's illegal? Or what's wrong in your head that you wouldn't want to stay in the States? And that's fine. That's okay. But there's just some different options if you want to seek those.
0: Yeah. And your answer to that would be what I mean, you're doing all of this so that you can do you just want to be able to have that in the future and just live outside the States and not worry about the visa runs and or what's the ultimate goal? Jackie
1: Jackie that is an awesome question. If this was 5 or 7 or 10 years ago, I would have an amazing answer for you. At this point, I sometimes <laughs> don't really know so many years later and thousands of dollars poorer based off of that. But yeah, for me, it was um, you know, if you want to stay in a country, you need a legal residency or else you're always doing border runs. And it's always up to immigration, whether they let you in or not. Um, if, if it was a bank account in some other country, it was a just in case. Or if you have real estate in that country, it might make sense to have a bank account. Um, for me, you know, one of the core ways that I make money to support this lifestyle is through real estate. So then that would lead to some kind of entity, whether it's a corporation, foundation, trust. So for me, it was just one of those things as in it's a big world. There's a lot of amazing places to go. Maybe it's not one country that suits everybody for everything. So I like to pick and choose sometimes countries to go and things to to do. But for me, it was just a brand new fun experience trying to do it smartly with a few of the things I was talking about.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it's an adventure every day, like you said, when you have a goal like that, I mean, to just keep going for it, especially in all these different countries where you're trying to accomplish this.
1: Yeah, because, you know, even even silly things, and there's so many things that we could talk about, but even, you know, silly things like in Panama, for instance, if you aren't don't have legal residency, right, you can't fly one way into the country. So if you're flying down on Copa Airlines, like you can't have a one-way ticket, even though... Um, you know that you have to be out in three months officially or six months unofficially, they make you buy exit tickets, right? So you have to have a ticket in, a ticket out. So even even simple things like this, like, hey, how am I gonna live overseas um, if, I, if my home base is in Panama, but I can't fly one way into Panama, then I already know I need an exit ticket going to another country. Um, that's kind of a pain, that's more of expense. And then how do I know if I need to leave in two months or three months or four months? Then you have all the costs that are involved in this Mm-hmm. So sometimes something simple turns into something not so simple.
0: Mm-hmm. I get what you mean by that. Yeah. And even just having been there before helps with the knowledge of that. And that's why everybody has so many questions about travel is because they just haven't been there and done that and they don't know these things. So,
1: And that's what's different about taking a a, a fun weekend to Mexico or a week or two weeks during your holiday or an extended stay for a month is because you're still a traveler you're still a tourist mm-hmm. so you sometimes don't come across these things or doesn't really you read about it and you know that other people are doing it but until you start doing it then you sometimes don't know some of the basic tactics that should be involved to try and accomplish some of these things
0: so you have been able to do this because you buy and sell real estate and i know that um that's your big thing we haven't even really talked about that much yet but do you have any kind of starter tips for people looking into um, possibly the idea of buying real estate overseas?
1: Well, I think one of the basics is, number one, don't buy. And number two, um, find some countries that you like and of course, I say country that, you know, it's, it's a specific area in a country that you might like. Uh, don't get locked into a long-term lease, but maybe try some short-term leases, whether you want to do a hostel or something like Airbnb or um, something off of Craigslist or whether you have some contacts there and so-and-so has a, um, a furnished apartment that you can maybe rent pretty cheap um, for a couple months to try it. And first, try out some different areas in a country that you might like, um, because You know, if there's a very bad rainy season in Costa Rica, Mm. you might say, oh, that's not a big deal. But then during the rainy season, you're like, oh, wow, that's actually kind of a big deal. Or you might say, I wanted to live along the beach in Costa Rica, but then you were there and you said, maybe I want to live in the mountains. Or maybe I want to live in a city, so like a place like Medellin, Colombia, might make sense to me. So I think it's first important to um, rent and not rent on a long-term lease. And then as you're doing that, if you – If you're thinking about it, then that's when you can kind of start a process of you have your boots on the ground, doing some due diligence, meet with some agents, meet with some lawyers, um, call call on for sale signs, call and start to figure out how much things will cost because – when if it comes to a point when we might want to buy something we definitely don't want to overpay you know people always watch shows like house hunters international and live here buy this and it's like it's so simple you go and there's three houses and you look at three and you pick one and everybody's so excited and they found their dream home <laughs> unfortunately sometimes it's not as easy as that so one of the easiest ways is to look at different properties in a certain jurisdiction that you might like So then you understand some values. You know, if it's getting money together, there are certain countries, I can't speak worldwide, of course, but there are certain countries in Latin America, like a Panama as a for instance, whereas a foreigner, if you're showing that you have income coming in, they don't care per se about your credit score from the states, but you have income coming in and you can show that you can pay a mortgage loan. You can get financing in a country like Panama Mm -hmm. in certain regions like Central America there's banks like one out of Belize called Key Bank where they might give you a mortgage loan whether you buy in Panama or Belize or Costa Rica if it's we don't have very much money which we're all there it could be something like if you're buying in a development a lot of the developers now will do some kind of developer financing so they might give you a small percent down and you might make small percentage payments per month whether you're buying a vacant lot maybe you think that you might build someday into the future. Maybe you might be buying like a little small house. There's a lot of condo developers where you might be buying a condo from them that offer developer financing as well. So there are some different areas. It's not like it's like, okay, well, I have to have $200,000 cash and I'm going to put down that $200,000 cash and it's all my money and all these different things. You know, I think at the start, it's like, Step by step and finding out places that you like and you don't like and then mm-hmm. first renting and then going to, to long-term rent and then maybe finding out what values are and then looking in your own wallet and say, okay, do I need a mortgage loan? If so, how do I do that? Mm-hmm. Um, do I need developer financing? So I think the best strategy is to go into it slowly to first figure things out.
0: I think those are some really, really great tips. And thank you so much for sharing that. And you guys, if you remember, I said at the beginning that Taylor is the expert on this. He is the host of the Overseas Property Insider podcast. So if you want to know more about this, Taylor, where can they go?
1: Absolutely. My main website is internationalrealestatelistings.com. And from there, you can easily find the Overseas Property Insider podcast.
0: Okay. Awesome. Because I'm sure there is just a wealth of information after that answer, which really was quite simple, but I love how you staged it out like that. So thank you for that information. And yeah, definitely keep that in mind, you guys, if you if you need to know more about overseas real estate, Taylor's your man.
1: <laughs> Jackie, I try. And at the very least, I at least have on great guests from a lot of awesome countries that can give us the lowdown of like what's going on right now versus some guy like me who's pontificating about all these different areas. They change each day, each week, each month. So instead of me giving you my opinion, I instead reverse it and speak with people there that are on the ground that can tell me exactly what's going on at that time.
0: Mm -hmm. So are you ever planning to live full-time in the States again, or are you just going to keep kicking around overseas and on island hopping or country hopping.
1: I like it. You make it sound so sexy. The way that you say it is so much better than how it's in my mind. <laughs> I'm not opposed to living full-time anywhere. To be honest, I don't really want to live full-time anywhere. The ideal um, outline for me would be a few co- uh, a, a few months in a country and then move on to another country because, you know, at some times... It's high time or low time in a country, or it might be rainy season or dry season, mm-hmm. or maybe a couple of months of the year, you might want to be at the beach, like in Los Terrenos. Maybe a couple of months of the year, you want like a metropolitan city, like Panama City, or maybe you... Um, want to go to Buenos Aires, Argentina. So there's a lot of different countries, a lot of different cities that offer a lot of different, amazing, fun things. And ideally, for me, it would be to, to, which I'm trying to do, design Mm -hmm. my life in a way that I can enjoy those awesome locations when they're the best time of year.
0: No, I love that. Actually, that's something that I kind of aspire to. I mean, right now we are full time in Montana, but I definitely mean I love it here. You know, I'm really blessed to be able to live in such a beautiful place that really makes me feel alive. And I think that that's, that's really where you need to be. But there are so many other places in this world that give me that same feeling. And I mean, and I I long for them when I'm here. And you know, I mean, of course, um, there's once once you've fallen in love with a place, you leave a piece of your heart there. And so I would love to be able to do that. You know, like I would like to spend six months here and then come back to Bozeman for the summertime when it's nice, you know, and it's not negative 37. And, you know, um, <laughs> but no, that's that's exactly where I want to be in, I don't know, a few years, maybe. So, um, yeah, that makes perfect sense. I think it's a great, great goal. And congratulations. Like good for you for being able to, to be there.
1: Well, Jackie, I think that's so true. And we've gotten to the point with the internet now where essentially you can design your, not, your life, ideally, um, how how you want. So if you have an internet connection, if you can have an online business, then you can hopefully design it to where if you want to spend a few months out of the year in Montana, that's fantastic. If you want to try out a few months out of the year at a certain spot in Mexico or, or go to Europe or Southeast Asia, you can do that. So that's why you know you don't have to own real estate it's much more fun and nomadic to not have anything tying you down Mm -hmm. and that's why I like the idea of an internet business with a backpack or a suitcase and be able to travel as I want where I want and if sometimes you want to try a place for a couple months you can and if you get to a place and you don't like it that's okay go someplace else but Mm -hmm. it gives you the freedom to try and decide what you want to do
0: yes I love that that's what I want, too. I think that's what a lot of people want, honestly. It's just that they don't know how to implement that. So, But people, where there is a will, there is a way. And there is an internet. So, you know.
1: Well, that's true. And I think, sorry to cut you off, Jackie, but no, one cool. of the first steps is to get our bills down to a minimum, right? Mm-hmm. We want to first one of the things that keeps a lot of us from doing it, um, and we we always like to put these roadblocks in front of us. Well, it's because I'm married, or because I have kids, or it's, there's all these roadblocks. But one of the, the main ones is first get our bills down to the absolute least that we possibly can. If we're tied to anything like a mortgage or a long-term lease or a long-term car, get all those types of things situated yes. so we can live on very, very what we think is very little, but then we come to find out wow, I could have been doing this all along and saving so much money Mm -hmm. and then kind of deciding with the amount of money that I have saved up, where can I go? Or that's when if you have a full-time job and, you, and they won't let you work from the road, then maybe at that same time that you're doing that full-time job or part-time job, that you maybe also develop some kind of online business to where it can start generating some income after a period of time. So then that's how you can kind of fund that lifestyle. Then you're having low bills. You don't have any big um, commitments. You have a little bit of income coming in. And then you're kind of coming from the mindset of you don't have to have so much stuff. You got rid of all that stuff. You like it and then you can go overseas and maybe pick a spot or two that you kind of like.
0: Yeah, I love that. And you know what? You you said that spoken like a true entrepreneur, you know, and a lot of people aren't going to find themselves in that boat. But that's okay because the other thing you said basically is minimizing, you know, it's it's from a a minimalist perspective. And that's I share that perspective, you know, less Mm. is more basically. And it's very liberating to kind of get I mean, maybe not get rid of those things, but get them under control. your the mortgage, those payments, all those things so that you're not tied to them anymore so that they're not controlling you anymore, but you have control of them. And so that way you can also design your life in such a way that you can be completely fulfilled by these experiences that you want to do. And you, you know, maybe you still have your stuff at home and your home base and that's totally great, you know, and it just kind of get, gets you a new avenue to be able to get out. And I mean, if you can add the, entrepreneur, you know, online business thing into it, then even better, because that means, you know, you're limitless when it when it comes to that, if you can make it work.
1: Jackie, that's so true. I'm kind of laughing because when I first, you know, said, okay, I'm living overseas, I had to get rid of all the things I had in um, San Diego. And I got it down to, and at the time it seemed like nothing, but now I, I look back and it's kind of funny. I had this like huge backpack and I had so much stuff in the backpack. And then of course I had like a huge laptop bag and like everything was in the laptop bag. And then I had like two like jumbo suitcases. So even at the time I put all the stuff that I had and had sold houses and had storage units and all kinds of silly stuff, but then I sold and I got down to that. But then even when you are traveling now, like as we know, that is so much stuff. Like you don't, you don't use all that Like with technology now, you only need a few gadgets. You don't need like an alarm clock and a photo camera. You don't need all these different things that one or two devices will use. You don't wear all the clothes that you really think that you're going to wear, especially if you're always in hot environments. You don't need cold clothes. Or if you're only always in cold environments, you don't need all these light-fitting clothes. All the shoes that you think that you're going to be wearing, a lot of places that you might go, it might be raining, or they might not have good sidewalks, or it might be muddy, so you won't wear <laughs> high heels or sandals. So you kind of adjust, but it's funny because we... we we all think this at some point in our lives that we have all this stuff and the stuff kind of defines us. Then something happens or, or we want to make a change Then we start getting rid of our stuff. And for some people, they don't like that and that's fine. And for others like myself, it's like, you feel so much better with the fewer things that you have. And then once you travel a little bit, primarily for the fact that you can't take everything with you. Right. It's it's very liberating to be able mm-hmm. to travel with very few things. And now it's, it's so simple. If it was 50 years ago or 40 years ago, you had to think of all the things that you needed and all the medications and all these different things. Now it's pretty simple.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I completely agree. And I mean, there's it's funny because my I have an old truck it's like a 94 and it has some problem I mean it's 20 years old you know I love it but it it has some problems I don't know if I could ever really get rid of it but I find myself looking at you know the newer Toyotas and I'm like I could see myself in that and then I think you know what I could never see myself in that because it's gonna come with a car payment like whoa I don't do that you know like I don't want to have that kind of tie to, you know, to a car. It's just a car. Like I can grab an old, if I need one, I can grab an old car off of Craigslist that'll get me around. And that's really all I need. And then I'll still be able to afford my travels, you know, and it's really a mindset. Like, you know, your thing about You don't need all those extra clothes. I mean, I'm totally with you on that. I just did a video uh, called the Clear Your Closet Challenge. And I I haven't gone shopping for a couple of years, really. That's what it comes down to. And I like cleared out my closet, you know. And I know that it's inspiring a lot of people. And a lot of people are saying, I could never do that. I can't just stop shopping, you know, but it's, it's a mindset. You've really got to change your mindset to be able to, to get into this. I don't need that material thing, you know, and, and that's going to be a big transition for a lot of people if they're starting out. Cause I know that, You know, you get attached to your things and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, You know, and I mean, even like I have a dog and that's like the biggest thing that ties me down is he's not pocket size. He's 100 pounds. You know, we can't just throw him in our laps and take him overseas with us. And so that's like my biggest thing right now. But I mean, and everybody has their thing, you know, but really like when it comes down to it in the end. If you really want to do this, everyone is capable, I think, you know, of of downsizing, minimizing, and, and, you know, redesigning so that you can travel and, I guess, chase the dream if that's your dream, you know?
1: Well, there's no doubt about that, and it's also... Once you do it once or twice, it kind of opens your eyes. As a For instance, where I'm at right now in Las Terrenas, we all drive around on motor scooters or quads, so we don't even really use cars. Uh, we're about three hours from Santo Domingo. Of course, in the city they do, with this little kind of fisherman's town, we don't have that. Well, then it kind of takes away your thing for a car. If you want to live in a cool city in someplace in Latin America, whether it's Panama City or like Medellin or like Lima, you might not need a car whatsoever, so you might be fine getting around on taxis or public transportation. You know, in Southeast Asia, places like Thailand or Vietnam, everyone's always on motor scooters. So Mm -hmm. that car thing kind of might go away. But you're right. If you live in the interior of a country, or if you live in the boondocks or the outskirts, or if you live in the countryside, or you simply want a car, instead of buying a new car, an option could be to buy an awesome used car. And you know how it is, Jackie? It's like you go and you see a purple car and you're like, I'm never gonna own a purple car. And then you buy that purple car and you think purple is like the greatest color ever. You know what I mean? So you sometimes don't know until you start trying it. Mm-hmm.
0: That's so funny, but it's, it's so true. Yeah, I mean, all that, that perspective, just having that perspective, perspective is, I think, so helpful in this type of lifestyle, you know. Well, I
1: think you have to, and I haven't traveled with a dog, although for a long period of time I had a dog in in Panama City, but you're right. Also, it always just comes back to at the time we're living a life that we like and that's okay. And then at some point we might want to make a change. So it's always going to be new and that's okay. That's why it's so important to sometimes take baby steps to make sure it's something that we want to do. We might want to align ourselves with people that are already doing what we eventually want to do so that we can see if they're Living the, the kind of life or the lifestyle that we might want to lead. So that's why I think it's it's really important too. Yes, you have to begin and at some point you have to do it. We have to get over this hump, but it's also okay, you can always go back, you can always make a change, you can always try something different, but it's also smart to kind of take baby steps just to make sure that the path that you're taking is the correct one for you.
0: And that's really, really good advice. And you know, when I look back um thinking about the baby steps thing i started when i was 18 and it was with study abroad And I think that was like the perfect first baby step, you know, because basically someone was holding my hand to get me overseas and set me up. And when I was 18 and didn't know hardly anything about international travel, you know, that set me up. And then I started learning and I was able to to grow those steps on my own. And but that's a really good point is you need to start where you are going to feel comfortable. And then, you know, especially with the the real estate thing, when you said don't don't buy you know I'm, I mean you're the real estate guru and you're like yeah well don't buy you know it was like the first thing you said I was like really but but you have a really good point it's the baby steps even if that's what you want to do you know go to that place make sure you like it first and then start the steps to get there and it's the same thing with just you know changing your life to start traveling if you haven't been there is, is just get the baby steps going and you can go from there
1: well Jackie it's so true and it, and. and Especially when it comes to spending money. Like, it's great to make baby steps for a lot of stuff, but especially when it comes to big purchases like um, signing up to a contract for a car or a house or getting a mortgage, or buying a house, those big things, you really, really want to make sure, um, especially when it comes to real estate, because again, what if you bought your place, you went to someplace new, you had some money, maybe you got a mortgage, or maybe you sold a house wherever you're coming from, so you had a little cash together. And you went to a new place, you were there for a couple weeks, you fell in love, you made a purchase, and lo and behold, oh, you hate the area, or it's a bad neighborhood, or you didn't really realize it, you took the advice of one real estate agent, and maybe you should have spoken with several, or maybe you should have spoken with, with other owners, and you overpaid for your place, and then now you might want to leave, but you can't leave because you can't sell it or you're married, but you get divorced, or someone dies or someone gets sick. These are all the things that you can easily change if you don't have big financial ties or big contracts or big leases that you signed. But this is especially true, this baby step thing from somebody that buys and sells real estate. I I can be honest, it's a pain. I mean, it's not easy. Of course, if you have more money, it becomes less of a pain because it's not so much of a nuisance if you have money to do other things with. But if you have Um, a lot of your money or some of your money tied up in things, then these have to get resolved before you can do other things. Mm -hmm. And buying and selling real estate sometimes, it sounds very sexy, but a lot of times (laughs) it's not as easy as it sounds.
0: Yeah. Well, it doesn't actually sound that easy to me. So, um, but yeah, I mean, gosh, I really feel like we could talk about this all day, but the, the big purchases thing, that's really, I think really important because in our society, you know, it's it's these big purchases that are the norm. It's like that's what you're supposed to do, and so people don't even think twice about them sometimes. And um, and I really think that if you want to. If you have other things in your life that you want to accomplish, like certain trips or traveling or whatever it is, um, for me, it's travel. You know, I always talk about priorities, but you really need to look at what your priorities are, because if you make this big purchase and then it doesn't allow you to get to achieve these other things that you have that are on your list, you know, then how important is that big purchase really to you? Is it really going to mean enough in the end to displace all the other things on your list? Because once you're in to those big contracts, it's hard to get out of those. And that's part of the reason why I don't really ever want to own a house. I mean, we rent (laughs) and it's great, (laughs) you know, and it fits our budget. But I think that a lot of people get caught up in those monthly payments because it's a normal thing to have here. But I say, you know, beat the system. Like, stop doing that. Save your money. Like, what do you really need to get by? And what are your priorities? And can you make them happen?
1: Well, Jackie, I completely agree with you. And I don't want to dig too deep in this uh, quote unquote ownership thing. But if you have a mortgage on a house anyways, you don't own it. Whoever you pay your monthly payments to owns it. So if you get a a loan from Chase. Well, Chase owns it, and you pay Chase every Mm -hmm. month for Mm -hmm. the right to use it. And of course, we understand this for a car, right? If you take out a car loan, you don't own it. You don't have title to it. Whoever you got the car loan Mm -hmm. from does, right? If you have credit card bills, then you're tied to your credit card company. Unfortunately, a really big one in the U.S. is student loan bills. Right, mm-hmm. it's these student debts for a lot of people. They get these huge student debts. They go to college. They do what they think they're, that they're supposed to do, and lo and behold, five years, maybe four or five years later, yeah. there's these huge college, you know, fifty thousand, a 200000 dollars that you can't ever get rid of, and unless you are going to be something specific to pay it off, it might not make sense. I'm not saying you should or shouldn't go to college or you should or shouldn't buy a house or get a car loan or a credit card, but when it comes to bigger commitments, And your side, there's a reason why they give you these contracts and they're pages and pages of long. And Mm -hmm. there's a reason why lawyers that are much smarter than me create these contracts. It's because whoever you're signing it over to is smarter than you. And it's probably, (laughs) it probably benefits them more than it benefits you. And then Mm -hmm. if at some point you change your mind, you might not be able to change your mind. So that's why it was like simple things. A cell phone, I don't want a contract. I want a prepaid cell phone or a house like I don't really want a mortgage. Let me rent. And then maybe let me scrape some money together to buy a very, very cheap house on like my own outright. It might not be a dream home, but it's a stepping stone. Maybe I don't want, you know, an expensive car with a used car loan. Maybe I should buy a used car that I pay for cash or I could pay off quickly so then I can be debt-free. So for me, it goes back to this, um, this idea of ownership where, if you are signing a contract or get financing, you don't really own it anyways. So we're kind of flipping the our mindset a little bit, and it was going off of what you're talking about for these bills or big commitments. So maybe some of the things that we've been told or were led to believe aren't really correct anyways, or maybe just not correct for us.
0: Yeah. And that's really a lot about perspective is, you know, just paying attention to everything and um, looking at what's going to really matter to you in the end and those types of things. I really, this conversation has been fun. I feel like we've gone all over the place. And when I think about the topic, you sound very surprised. Oh, I know. Like I should be surprised, right? I I didn't know what's coming and I love that. You know, I, I really like doing it. But when when I think about the topic of this episode, I still don't know what it is. But it's been really great and I really hope that it's been inspiring for other people to look at all sorts of aspects of travel, you know? I mean, we talked about the citizenship and we talked about real estate and we talked about being an entrepreneur and online business and budget and perspective and priorities and all that stuff that I love. So I really appreciate you coming on and sharing this conversation with me.
1: Jackie, it was 100% my pleasure.
0: Yeah, and we can find you at the com, right? Just in case anybody wants to get in touch with you.
1: Absolutely. And from there, it's easy to find the Overseas Property Insider podcast.
0: Perfect. Yeah. You guys give that a listen. I actually, I did an episode with you um, a a little while back about couch surfing, which is yet another, a completely different subject, but. There was
1: couch surfing, there's house sitting, Jackie, there's so many different things.
0: Yeah. Well, great. Thank you, Taylor, so much. Good luck with your Dominican quest. I really hope you get it. And uh, yeah, we'll have to keep in touch about that.
1: Awesome. Sounds great. Thank you so much, Jackie.
0: All right. I know we went a lot of places in that interview, but thanks for listening. I hope you guys were able to be inspired through some aspect of it. And thanks again to Taylor for for talking with me about all of those awesome things and if you guys have any more you know questions or things to add about any of the things that we talked about feel free to leave a comment on the show notes page there are um, there are links there to, to Taylor's podcast and his website as well and that can all be found at com slash 25 and while the idea of being a perpetual traveler on a quest for dual citizenship you know might, might sound fascinating to a lot of you I know that There are some of you who just need to start with those baby steps. And so I definitely would encourage you to figure out what those are in your life to, uh, you know, to getting to those goals that you have around travel so that you can make them happen sooner than later. And, um, on that note, actually next week, stick around because we have, um, a guest coming on to talk about an opportunity that might be a little more feasible for a lot of you out there, especially, um, possibly families who might be finding it hard to travel at the moment internationally. Um, there is an opportunity waiting for you. So stick around for that. And I'm out for now. So I will see you guys next time. Thanks so much for listening.